Episode 76, Sunday, April 21st, 2013. Closing in on episode 100. XJ Talk Show is on the air. Okay, it's a podcast. Oh, you know what I mean. Anyway, here's Tony and Josh. Howdy, howdy. Uh, this is uh, Tony. And this is Josh. We're here again this week to uh, entertain and inform with, uh, I don't know, more stuff. <laughs> so, uh, <laughs> sorry. So anyway, this is uh, this Tony. I am Motoroy on XJTalk.com, and this show is about Jeep Cherokees, off-roading, and uh, I guess pretty much anything else we could wedge in here that, that seems to be Jeep or off-road related, I guess, Josh, right? Absolutely. Yeah, we got all kinds of stuff. Uh, informative, entertaining, entertaining, and newsworthy. Yes, newsworthy. Sometimes we make the news. It, it may be our own news on the XJTalk.com site, but it's news. I was going to say, I'm waiting to see my face in the paper or my voice, or how would that work exactly? <laughs> well, with the, the recent <laughs> week's events, uh, being in the paper might not be a good thing. And that's true. That's true. Yeah, I well, guess we'll go ahead and go over that right now. Uh, you know, we're laughing and carrying on here, but a very somber uh, situation in Boston uh, last week with uh, the absolutely act of cowardice. Uh, bombing of women and children, and uh, at that uh, at the Boston Marathon. Uh, good job on getting the uh, alleged bombers uh, responsible for that. I am uh, I am very 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 sorry to hear that it's two very young men that were taking part in this because uh, you know, like him or not, uh, some some young man with a, a wife and child is now dead. And another man whose uh, really life hadn't started yet. Uh, it's not, not really going to have a life, is he? No, not so much. But you know, the way that this ended up playing out, and and I, you know, I got to give credit to the Joint Terrorism Task Force and uh, and the Boston Police for really coming together and and just the 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 way that they worked together and the way they were able to to lock the city down to get the the information out to you know those who needed it and and just do this dragnet over the city and wrap this up so very fast and without a lot of collateral damage i mean really is a testament to you know the the way that this um this country has come together as far as its security goes right well the only thing i would say uh to that is i think it was i th- I think it was a good idea that they shut the, the city down because it, it kept people safe and I think it made it easier to um, perhaps keep anybody from uh, from getting away. Yeah. The downside to that is is that it's obvious that uh, two rank amateur uh, kids uh, can shut down a city by doing what they did. And if, if two amateurs can do that, can you imagine what five or ten that are a little bit better well thought out and more well trained could do. Yeah, no, I mean it's it's a scary thought nonetheless, and and I mean just as you open the show with, it is a, a sombering uh, memory here with what happened last week, and and I'm I'm just glad and grateful that um, that this thing has all come to an end now. Yeah, well, and uh, and they were very lucky to get the uh, the second uh, 
alleged yeah. terrorist uh, alive so that we can get some some information from uh, from him. Hopefully we'll uh, uh, be able to learn from that. And uh, if there's anything uh, more coming, find out uh, before it happens and be able to do something about it. Now, um, I, I did want to say also, too, I did want to remember uh, the uh, the small town in Texas uh, called West. And uh, I think I made a, a comment on uh, Twitter or something about uh, who in the who in the right mind would name a, a city in West Texas West because it's like West Texas in West Texas, <laughs> but but us Texas are Texans are complicated. <laughs> well, that was uh, I mean that was something else. I mean absolutely chilling and horrific video that I, that I, that have been you know around um, around YouTube and stuff going been displayed of that that explosion and I mean just rocking the face of the earth. I mean, just a huge explosion wiping that entire facility clean off the face of the earth. I mean, it was just absolutely amazing to, to see something like that. And the, the loss of life was I mean, definitely tragic. And the amount of damage, uh, you know, around that was just chilling to say the least. Yeah. And yeah. we've actually got a couple of those facilities, um, not that far from where I live. Uh, I mean, not as close as, uh, as that, but you know, within about 20, 30 minute drive for me, uh, just to think, I mean, and they've got a school right across the street from that facility too here. So to think that, you know, something like that could happen, you know, basically in my backyard is, is, um, a scary thought. Well, there's so many, <clears throat> so many very dangerous things that we just take for granted all oh, around yeah. us. And, uh, um, <laughs> and people want to talk about gun control because, oh my God, I might get shot by somebody. <laughs> so anyway, I'm not going to go into that too much. So, uh, thoughts and prayers, of course, out to, uh, the, the Boston, uh, survivors, um, and, uh, even the, uh, the, the police and FBI agents that are going to be, uh, interviewing the, uh, suspected terrorist, uh, hopefully, uh, uh, prayers that they'll get the answers that they need from that young man to, to save more lives. Cause, um, it doesn't matter what religion you, you're part of. I don't think any real religion wants people to die and, um, if it does, it probably isn't a real religion. Yeah, I couldn't agree more. So, Josh, uh, I uh, I suspect, based on what uh, what you said, that you may not have some great news about your uh, uh, fifty six ton steering that you're installing. Yeah, I uh, I bit the bullet, uh, started in on it Friday night, and um, and and really went to work on 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 getting everything done. Uh, borrowed a borrowed the one and a half inch per foot or seven degree reamer that is needed to install the GM one ton tie rod ends. Uh, reamed out the the knuckles, reamed out um, the um, the pitman arm and the one tie rod end that needed to be reamed, and I um, started getting everything put in. The reaming was definitely a, a rather lengthy process. Um, I, I used a lot of cutting oil. You, this is a, a process you go slow, low temperature, and low speed, and, and just take your time with it, and every so often checking the fitment of that tie rod end uh, to, to the ream. And, um, and so you know, went through it and got everything as far as the fitment goes uh, nice and good. Uh, took me a long time to get the pitman arm off of that steering box though. Uh, I spent probably two or three hours Friday night, gave up about midnight or so started back in on it, um, Saturday morning and finally got it, uh, finally got it loose with it being absolutely drenched in, in PB blaster and penetrating oil. Uh, I was banging on it with the BFH. Uh, had my pitman arm puller just reefed on there. I mean, I probably couldn't have put another, you know, half turn on it without it breaking or, or bending or something like that. 
And finally, with um, uh, a mere thermonuclear device worth of heat applied to the dang thing, I finally got it to fall to the floor and was able to finish off the ream on that. But Oh, uh, I bet you that was a great feeling when it came off, it, too. Yeah, it was. Was, I mean, it I was, a, like, was it a complete surprise? That it came off? Yes, it, when, it, it, when it happened. Well, no. I mean, I, when I, I, I was hitting it with a hammer, and I saw that pitman arm puller rotate about a quarter turn, and I was like, oh, ah. Did I hit the? Did I hit it? You know, did was that me or was that something happening? <laughs> yeah. And so I get on there with my wrench again, and I try giving that Pitman arm puller another, you know, half turn, quarter turn, and I got it. And I was like, oh, okay, it actually broke loose a little bit. So you know, I crank on it again, and I start hit hit with the hammer one more time, and and finally got you know got it after a few turns of of that going back and forth to to have that thing fall to the floor. So yeah, I'm glad. Um, and that was with the uh, the infamous Harbor Freight. Pitman arm puller that everybody is so um, uh, everybody says that it breaks so easily and uh, and I end up buying two because of that just in case and so now I have uh, I have a Pitman arm puller that's in just fine condition and one that's still in the package so but um, but moving right along I um, I got the Durango box in that was a that was a chore because I was doing this whole thing by myself and for those of you who have done a steering box swap you know that those steering gear boxes they're not light they are quite heavy. Uh, but, uh, I got the factory box out. I, um, got the, the frame rails, all the unibody rails there all cleaned up and was very pleased to see that there was no cracks, no stress fractures or anything like that. I was, um, I was a little worried that I might have a crack in the frame right there. So, um, you know, I had the, the welder, you know, on standby, uh, ready to go just in case, but I was, um, I was glad to see that, that everything is in good, in good condition. Got the C-Rock inner brace put on, got the, the box, uh, all in there and, and, uh, and all the hoses and everything hooked back up. And, uh, I get my, I go to get my linkages and stuff put on and I knew that I was going to have to do some trimming. So the, um, the, uh, the, all the factory stuff obviously have, have came off and I started trimming on the, um, the coil bucket and the, the stabilizer mount that all pretty much came off. And, uh, of course the sway bar, uh, end link mounts on the axle also came off. Those all had to get um, cut off as well. So once those are off, I get my uh, I get my tie rod put on, and bring you guys up to speed really quick. It's the JCR um, over the knuckle kit. Basically, I, I sourced the tie rod ends myself, um, and I just bought the the raw bars that are already tapped from JCR. Great product. I prepped the bars, got them painted, primed and painted, and everything like that. Um, looks really good, and uh, and got everything pretty much dialed in. Got those bars put on, and I start. Um, I, I start going through the motion uh, of the steering, you know, seeing if, if I'm limited or anything like that. And sure enough, I, I don't have full lock to lock steering. And in fact, I actually am, um, am hitting the, the, uh, the, uh, the track bar. So not only do I not have full lock to lock steering, but I have interference with my track bar. And, uh, which means that now I have to get rid of my double shear adjustable track bar and end up going with a custom pan hard, uh, bar instead. Uh, because it has to get relocated above the axle. So um, if that wasn't enough to add insult to injury, uh, I figured, okay, well, I can at least get uh, everything put back on and get the Jeep to where I can, you know, maybe drive it around to the store or something like that, uh, use it in the case of emergency or something. So I go to put the wheels on, and lo and behold, there's interference with the inner rim and the tie rod ends. So even if I wanted to, I couldn't even roll the Jeep down the driveway. Um, because the tie rod end is interfering with the wheel. So I am now looking at, um, 
I obviously have to get different wheels. Uh, new rims are going to be in the in the near future. I haven't decided yet if I'm going to go with 16 inch rims or if I'm going to go with uh, an insanely low backspacing. Right now, I have the 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 Jeep Ravine wheels, um, common more to the TJs than the XJs, obviously. And I uh, am with uh, I'm on uh, inch and a quarter billet hub centric wheel spacers. Oh man, I was just going to say this gets you some wheel spacers. Damn. Yeah. Already, already, uh, already there. So the the problem is, is that if if I if memory serves me right, uh, right, the the ravines have about five inches of backspacing. I think it's five inches of backspacing. Uh, with an inch and a quarter wheel spacers, that's put that puts me at three and three quarters inch backspacing equivalent on a fifteen inch wheel. So and I'm I'm right there. I am so close to that. Okay, good. So I'm thinking if I go with a three and a half inch backspacing wheel then I should clear using a 15 inch. Otherwise I'm going to have to step up to a 16 and figure something out as far as the backspacing. There it goes. So, you know, it's, uh, I'm going to, what I'm going to end up having to do is, is, you know, call up a couple of buddies and say, okay, I need you to come over here with your 16 inch wheels. I need you to come over here with your three and a half inch backspacing wheels. And I need to borrow one of your guys' wheels for, you know, just a few minutes while I mock something up and find out which direction I can go. So yeah, all, all to do about nothing, man. Uh, a lot of work all weekend long, um, just, you know, busting my back, trying to get this thing nailed out. And, uh, and I'm going to end up having to do more trimming and I'm going to have to do some fabrication. I'm going to have to pull this track bar off and I might have to get some, well, I, I am going to have to get some new rims. So yeah, no, uh, no instant gratification over here in, in my garage. No modification goes unpunished. Yeah. You know, one thing leads to another. I mean, you, you recently experienced that yourself even. Yes. Uh, about the, <clears throat> about the only thing I have to report is, uh, uh, Saturday morning, I get a call from my daughter. Uh, we have the one Jeep, uh, Cherokee, 1999 Jeep Cherokee. And, uh, my youngest daughter who recently got her driver's license and, and started driving, she took the 99 to work, which is fairly close to the house. And then my daughter, oldest daughter, was going to go to work uh, a little bit later. So the, the the thought process was my wife would drive her to the 99. And then she would take the 99 from where my youngest daughter works and drive it to the further away place at the mall. So I get this call from my daughter. She gets there and, and the 99 won't start. Oh, no. And I said, well, did you tap on the, the battery uh, cable where it connects to the battery. Cause that's, that's been an issue with this vehicle. Uh, oh. I, need, I need to replace the, the positive and negative, uh, connections. I was a little surprised because it's been a problem because it was loose in the past. I replaced the little bolt that was on there. And, uh, this last time that I worked on the, the air conditioner, which by the way is, is still cooling at 40 degrees a week hey, later. I yes. Yes. <laughs> Uh, and she was really surprised. She goes, it's, it's still cooling. And I went, yeah, I changed something. She goes, Oh, I thought you just charged it. <laughs> but anyway, <laughs> so I, uh, uh, she said, well, uh, whenever I put the key in, in the ignition and turn it on, uh, it doesn't, it doesn't want to start, but all the lights, the radio and everything run normally. So I didn't think it was the, the, the battery. And I'm thinking to myself, how long does it take to pop the hood and, and tap on the thing and see if that's it? Yeah. Uh, but, uh, it turns out she was right. I drove over there after my wife got back and, uh, uh, went to, uh, first thing you do, sit down and experience it, you know, firsthand. Yep. So I put the, the key in the ignition and, and, and tried starting it, nothing. And yeah, sure enough, light looked bright, radio sounded fine. I mean, you know, the radio really can't tell the difference, but certainly the, the interior light would be a little dim, 
potentially. Oh, yeah. And I got to, I sat there and I thought about it for, uh, you know, five seconds maybe. And I went, well, this is acting like, uh, it's not in, uh, park or neutral. Uh, neutral safety switch. So, uh, instead of, you know, diagnosing the thing and seeing if it would give, if I could put it in neutral, it would start blah, 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 blah. I just, uh, left the, the key in the, uh, the run position and, uh, put my foot on the brake and just, uh, ratcheted that, uh, shifter back and forth, uh, rapidly, uh, about, uh, 10 or 15 times, uh, put it back in park and, uh, turned the key and it started. So, oh. yeah. So I needed to, uh, I need to uh, explain to uh, to my girls uh, and my wife, as far as that goes, the, about the neutral safety switch and uh, how it uh, can get credit, get some credit in there. It's a very cheap, uh, exposed to grit air thing, a mechanical thing, and it's pretty simple to take care of. You just, uh, you know, uh, uh, get the the contacts a little shiny, and it should work. So, real quick, are you going to replace or rebuild? Neither. I don't think it's necessary. I had a problem with my uh, uh, neutral safety switch on the 98 about five years ago, and I did the same thing that I did to the 99, and I haven't had a problem with it since. (laughs) So (laughs) so we'll we'll just see what happens, basically. I don't think it'll be an issue. I probably could have just put it in neutral. It may have just been the position where it was in park. You know, it, it just was in the right place, and if I jiggled it, it probably would have started. It's an old vehicle, you know, things are going to happen like that. And, uh, you know, you could always change, uh, I could always change out the neutral safety switch or clean it. And I may do that in the future. Uh, I just don't think it's an issue right now. Hey, this is Tim from Jeep tubes and you're listening to the XJ talk show. Hey, you, yeah, you, the one just sitting there listening to the XJ talk show. Why aren't you a part of it? What? Tell me more. You say. Well, it's pretty simple. You can become an XJ Talk Show reporter. All you need is a smartphone and the ability to talk to people. Just email reporter at xjtalk.com for more information. xjtalk.com. It's where you go when you're not off-road. Hey, this is Mark from DetoursUSA.com. You're listening to the XJ Talk Show. Be sure to friend XJ Talk on Facebook, follow us on Twitter, and add us to your circles on Google+. Join the XJTalk.com community and check out our sister site, WranglerTalk.com. First Week in G. Well, lots of cool stuff going on this week in Jeep. And, uh, well, maybe some of it's not quite so cool. Uh, Jeep is going to have a little bit of pie on its face because they have recalled 60, over 61,000 Jeep Liberties from the 2008 year uh, for a, um, a partial fault on the drive shaft that can cause it to just fall off. Uh, there's a part on the drive shaft, and they I, they haven't said what exactly. And I, I I'm sure there's a technical technical service bulletin that has uh, popped up for this, and I, I probably should have looked that up. But what I what they're saying right now is a report is coming in that this part on the drive shaft can just fall off, causing the drive shaft to break. The vehicle obviously is going to lose power, and the side airbags are going to deploy uh, due to the computer thinking it was in a severe accident uh, because of that that uh, drive shaft falling off. There's an impact, there's um, you know, a sudden loss of power, and the computer says, oh, we were just in an accident, and deploys the side airbags. So those of you with the 2008 Liberty, uh, you might want to uh, maybe head out to the dealership and see if there's a recall or some sort of technical service bulletin that can be fixed, because uh, there might be some bad news uh, or something potentially bad happening to your rig. 
Uh, Jeep also recalls over 20,000 Patriot and Compasses from the two ta- two, two, uh, 2012 year because of a tank problem that causes the flow of gas to stop causing the vehicle to stall. Uh, and this could happen uh, at the most inopportune times, like trying to get onto the freeway or moving through an intersection or something like that. Uh, but uh, a combined uh, over 81,000 vehicles that Jeep has recently recalled uh, because of some issues. And and these aren't new models either. Uh, so it's um, definitely some interesting stuff going on with Jeep as far as what's what's going on with the vehicles between 2008 and 2012 there. Uh, something very interesting going on in the entertainment industry uh, that is also Jeep related. Um, I'm not familiar with this uh, this celebrity, but there's a rapper out there by the name of Ace Hood. And as you may or may not know, most rappers, uh, people in the music industry, they're very fond of very flashy, blingy vehicles. You know, the uh, the Mercedes, the McLarens, the Bugattis, you know, the Lamborghinis, Ferraris, etc. Well, he's not driving any of that. Nope. He instead had himself made a, uh, a very, very custom Jeep Wrangler. Uh, painted in a very custom matte forest green with actual 24 karat gold trim on get this 28 inch rims. So uh, yeah, there there are pictures about this because this I guess it's quite a buzz in the entertainment uh, in the entertainment world that this rapper Ace Hood got himself a, a four door Jeep Wrangler sitting on 28 inch gold rims. Well, folks, that's it for this week in Jeep. A lot of other news we'll get to you in next week. This is Pierce Imloff, Vice President of Jeep Camber USA, and you're listening to the XJ Talk Show. XJTalk.com. It's where you go when you're not off-road. XJTalk.com is where you go when you're not off-road. And now you can go to XJTalk.com when you're off-road, too. Using your smartphone, install the Tap-A-Talk app, then search for XJTalk. Take XJ Talk with you wherever you go. Jury duty, dinner with your spouse's parents, even, well, anywhere you need your XJ Talk fix. Hi, this is Tanya Francine with the National Weather Service Skywarn program, reminding you to keep an eye to the sky and listen to the XJ Talk show. Yeah, I thought I would just uh, mention real quick, uh, we do have a live show every Sunday. Well, every Sunday we have a show, and um, uh, which, is, uh, which is normally every week. And uh, this week uh, we have uh, eight viewers, uh, you know, registered, honest-to-goodness uh, uh, members with names uh, signed in watching us tonight, uh, Josh. Well, good thing I, I took the time to do up my hair and pretty my face up. Yeah, well, that's that's why it took you those extra few moments to uh, to get called in on Skype. I said I was fashionably late, man. You know, literally. <laughs> hey, this is Tony, and this is Josh from the XJ Talk Show. We want to thank you for calling our twenty four seven voice line. Yes, we do. Just leave your first name and your question or comment. There's no guarantee, but we may play your message on the podcast. Oh, and don't worry about keeping it clean. We'll take care of that. Now it's your turn to speak at the beep. Hey, this is Nikki G, and uh, I just listened to a podcast episode uh, 75-ish, and I heard myself on it, and I just want to apologize to everybody. It was way too early in the day to start drinking. Uh, well, 
while I have you on here, uh, let me ask you a quick question. I started my Jeep up today, and the temperature gauge was on F, which I guess is uh, stands for freaking awesome. And as I drove around, it slowly crept down to E, which I guess stands for is enough is enough. So shortly after it hit E, it stalled, and I couldn't get it to start back up again. So uh, my question is, is uh, why doesn't my dog like me? <laughs> All right. Thanks a lot, guys. I appreciate the podcast and everybody who, who participates in the forum. You guys are great. And I'll wait for their response. Thanks. Bye. Uh, <laughs> well, Nikki, we we really appreciate your call. And let me start with the, the last question first. Your dog doesn't like you because the pork chop that your mom tied around your neck fell off. <laughs> Oh, I can't stop laughing. <laughs> oh, Nikki G, uh, you're awesome, buddy. Thank you for calling in. <laughs> anytime, brother, anytime, please. Let, me, let me start with apology. I was drinking way too early for the last call. <laughs> oh, man. So, guys, uh, if you want to be like Nikki G, and please, we encourage it, <laughs> call that number, 530-675-4102, and leave us a message. <laughs> That's great. The XJ Talk Show, a podcast about Jeep Cherokees in the off-road world. Hosted by real Cherokee owners and true off-road enthusiasts, Tony and Josh bring you the most interesting and entertaining lineup of special guests and specialty segments like Jeep tips and electrical and audio tips. You can listen to our weekly podcast either by subscribing on iTunes or going to www.xjtalkshow.com. Amazon.com and the XJ Talk Show present... You bought what? Well, we definitely have a good list for you guys today. We'll go ahead and fly through it here pretty quick because there's a lot of good stuff we got to get to. Bring you guys up to speed real fast. Amazon and XJ Talk Show have a little bit of an agreement going on. And if you guys want to participate, all you got to do is head over to xjtalk.com or xjtalkshow.com. Click on the banner there that says Amazon. It'll take you straight over to the Amazon website where you can purchase anything you like. And you won't pay a red cent, not a single dime more for it than you normally would. But Amazon is going to give us a little kickback. It's a great way for you guys to go ahead and uh, and help support your favorite talk show. Um, and uh, we get a list. Amazon has agreed to give us a list as to what people have purchased. Uh, we don't get to see who has bought anything. Bought. There we go. There it is. <laughs> I was like, what? I heard it. <laughs> Did I actually hear it? I heard it. Ah, <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah. Tony harasses me. I figured I'd throw that in there. But uh, yeah, all we get to see is is what's been purchased. We don't get to see who has bought anything. So um, here begins the fun. So some of the stuff gets really kind of cool. Some of the stuff is uh, is very techy. Some of it's Jeep related, and some of it really throws us a curveball. And uh, and we're cool with all of it. So uh, Tony, why don't you uh, why don't you start us off? Well, you know, I was looking something up, but that's fine. I can do that. Well, I can, uh, I can go no, ahead. No, and no, I got it. I was just trying to get back to the right tab. Anyway, um, so this uh, this first one is uh, something that's kind of near and dear to my heart. Uh, I, I think I may have given it a bad name on uh, the uh, the website xjtalk.com because uh, I ran one of these for a while and I didn't really care for it because it didn't fix my problem. And I'll and I'll go through this really quick because uh, I'm pretty sure that my problem has been resolved. Um, the uh, this is the C. SF uh, Jeep Cherokee three row radiator. Now it's an all metal radiator. If it was anything like mine 
And uh, I did not like mine because I still had a heat creep problem after installing it. I ran this thing for, for a, a few years and uh, I finally came to the conclusion that it must be something else uh, with the radiator. And, but that was only after replacing this radiator with something else. But anyway, somebody uh, went to uh, Amazon.com and purchased a CSF three-row uh, radiator for their Jeep Cherokee, which is uh, awesome. We, we don't mind you buying anything for anything, uh, but uh, I think it's pretty cool when you buy something for your Cherokee on Amazon, you know? Oh, absolutely. I mean, since uh, we are here, we all are Cherokee lovers, uh, enthusiasts, and most of us, I would assume, are owners. And I would assume this next um, uh, item was purchased by a Cherokee owner. This is the, uh, a Monroe Magnum steering damper. Somebody out there may be having some death wobble issues or just like to go ahead and upgrade their steering stabilizer. Picked up one from Amazon.com, and the Monroe name is certainly a popular one with their great line of gas struts and, uh, and of course, shocks and, and other things. Uh, so Monroe Magnum Steering Damper, great addition to a Jeep. Yep, yep. And uh, keep in mind, the steering dampener does not cure death wobble. you got another problem. So this other one's pretty cool. Uh, I actually, once I saw this and uh, did uh, looked it up on Amazon to see what Jeep it was for, uh, I uh, uh, contacted the person that I thought bought it, and sure enough, it was uh, it was her. This is a Rough Country four inch suspension suspension lift for a Jeep Wrangler, specifically the YJ. So this is the one with leaf springs front and back. So I've Very never cool. I've never done a a lift with uh, all leaf springs, which I thought was pretty cool. Yeah, I had a buddy that had a uh, YJ that that flexed like a uh, boneless stripper, I think would be the term. <laughs> Ooh, that's, that could be fun. Anyway, uh, so uh, this is, uh, <clears throat> this is I don't think she'd mind me, me saying, this is Jen's, and I was actually trying to look up her uh, name on uh, what she goes by on xjtalk.com, and I think it's girl YJ and then there's a number or something. But, it, but anyway, her name is uh, his Jennifer Thank you very much for taking the time to click on our banner ad at xjtalk.com or xjtalkshow.com uh, before making this uh, rather sizable purchase. Yeah, man, that's definitely one of uh, one of the more cool items that I've seen come across your entire suspension lift kit for for a Jeep uh, through Amazon. So big thank you for that one. Oh, and, uh, and I'm sorry, I'll mention really quick before you move on. Uh, this is, uh, you know, xjtalk.com. It's about Jeep Cherokees. But we have uh, we have a love for Wranglers. We have a love, well, other people have a love for the Grand Cherokees. <laughs> and but we have everybody. No, seriously, everybody's welcome on the site. You don't need a Jeep to be a member. Yep, it's all about Jeeps, guys. Um, but and speaking of all about Jeeps, here's one that uh, that's near and dear to my heart. This is something that again that I have uh, in my own collection. Uh, by author and friend of the show, Eric Zappi, a high-performance Jeep Cherokee XJ Builder's Guide. Uh, this is a must-have for, for all Cherokee builders, uh, somebody who's just getting into, into a build, looking to start one up. you got to get one. Yep. Uh, Eric's also a member of XJTalk.com. Uh, not as active as we'd like, but, uh, you know, I'm, I'm pretty greedy. I like everybody really active. Nudge, nudge, wink, wink. If yes, you yes. <laughs> so here's another one you if you long-term uh listeners to the show uh know we have a uh, a ham contingent on the site i'm an amateur radio operator or ham and uh the, maybe some of this is is getting through to you guys or or maybe we just have some some independent thinking individuals that want to get their license but this is a technician class 2010 to 2014 audio theory course 
So uh, the technician class is the uh, first, uh, or, or I should, I guess I would say lowest or easiest to obtain license in the amateur radio uh, world. So uh, somebody's uh, purchased a, uh, an audio course so they can uh, pass that written test. Way cool. Yeah, I've, um, I, I've been lackadaisical on, on my studies for, for getting my technician certification there. Uh, I, I said I was going to do it before New Year's, and then I pushed that back. I said I was going to do it before my birthday. But, you know, life gets in the way. 60-hour uh, work weeks certainly don't help. And uh, obviously, there's stuff on the cheap that's got to get done. So, uh, yeah, I'm, one of these days, I will, I will be a ham. Well, I mentioned real quick, um, you actually, it's a multi, I said written because you do, there is, you know, a pen or something involved in it. But it's actually just multiple guests. And if you go to QRZ, or as ham say, QRZ.com, they have a online class or course that you can take. Basically, you just take the test, and it pr- provides you the the questions, and you multiple guess the answer. And you quite literally can just go through it so many times that the questions and the answers will be very apparent to you. So it could be that that easy. And the reason why I mentioned that, Josh, is depending on how busy you are at work, you could actually do it online while you're at work. <laughs> during those 60 hours. <laughs> I do spend a, uh, a good, a good amount of time on my second screen with XJ talk brought up. Uh, so maybe I'll have to go ahead and, uh, and open up a new tab. Yeah. It's not timed. So you could sit there on something for, you know, a long time, but anyway, I'd like to see you on the getting on two meters. Yeah, no, it'll, it'll happen. It will happen. Absolutely. So, um, moving right along here, we've got a, uh, a one touch. This is what the I Audi one touch windshield dashboard car mount holder for, and it lists a whole bunch of phones that this can go with, um, the iPhone 5, Samsung Galaxy S4, S3, et cetera, Epic Touch, 4G, HTC, et cetera, et cetera. So this is a windshield dashboard car mount holder for um, a new generation of smartphones. Yep, and it probably goes with this uh, this other thing. Won't you take that so you can kind of get, get something good? Oh, well, I don't know about all that. Well, we had a, um, uh, what, the, the Samsung, uh, the Galaxy Note 10.1. 16 gigabyte uh, a tablet, 10.1 inch Samsung Galaxy Note tablet, 16 gigabytes. Looks like they brought them, uh, bought themselves a, uh, a book cover as well for that and a uh, screen protector as well. So, uh, hey, kudos for picking up not only a sweet device, but also the, uh, the gear to protect it, make sure it's going to last a long time. I wonder if in years to come, the screen protectors will be like the pocket protectors of the 50s. You are a nerd. (laughs) (laughs) My screen has any many fingerprints, but the plastic does. Anyway, so uh, let's see what else we got here. Um, Anything I recognize? Um, Oh, we got something here that uh, somebody might um, be have picked up to do some. Oh, yes. So uh, a Sony BX one one two digital flash voice recorder, digital flash. Uh, that sounds uh, provocative. Oh, interesting. <laughs> yeah, I guess we, we have encouraged you and, and told you that we have a third seat open here on the XJ Talk Show, and we encourage you guys to participate. We love the participation. If you guys have an event going on in uh, in your area, you know of something, or heck, even if you're out on the trail and you got something like what this person just purchased, um, this uh, Sony Digital Flash voice recorder, you got one of those little um, voice recorder things. You can go and talk to somebody out there that's got a, another Cherokee or something like that. Or, or if there's an event going on, maybe you talk to one of the vendors or something like that. And, you know, just do a five-minute interview. 
asking a few questions, just kind of shooting the breeze a little bit, and record it. Send it to Tony or myself, send it to the XJ Talk Show, and we'll get it put on the air. Yeah, you can call that call our, uh, our 530 number, uh, the voicemail uh, number that Josh mentioned earlier, or uh, send us an email, reporter at xjtalk.com, and we'll, uh, we'll tell you how to get that, uh, that file to us. We just found out what you bought. Oh my God, I just can't believe that made it on the list. Yeah, the thing I was going to mention earlier um, about the, uh, the um, crap, I just lost it, the Rough Country suspension, I thought it was. Yeah, and I was uh, the Rough Country 4-inch suspension for the YJ? Nah, I remember now. The thing I was going to mention earlier was the about the radiator. Um, I, I have been very slow to admit that my uh, uh, cooling uh, problem is resolved, and I'm, I'm still being very cautious about it. But uh, since uh, Matt came over and uh, uh, replaced all the stuff under the dash, uh, specifically the, the heater core, which I knew was leaking, yeah. um, the, the temperatures have been uh, what you would expect with the air conditioner running. They would be what you would expect <clears throat> to get from a 97-plus Cherokee, which is around the 210 mark, not quite, but just, just under. It yeah. will it will go up above that, uh, but I don't believe that at any time it's been any higher than 220, and it will go back down, you know, uh, s- somewhat slowly at times. It depends if you're if you're moving or sitting still. Um, I mean, when you're hyper observant, you may observe things that you that were hap- that were happening before, but you really weren't aware of. So I'm trying to you know buffer it in my head and say. Okay, if it's if it's getting up to two twenty, but coming back down, that's probably what it was doing in the future. I mean, in the past. Now, real quick, Tony, uh, I know that you have the Torque app, and I'm going to assume the little OBD two dongle that you plug in for the uh, the real real time uh, vehicle diagnostics monitoring. Um, have you been using that actively, or are you just going off of what the the dash is telling you? Going by what the dash is telling me, and, I, and I'll tell you why. Um, that same hyper attentiveness of, of, of watching exactly what's going on may be giving me a, the, the wrong idea because I didn't use that the first, you know, 10 years that I owned the vehicle, I just used the needle on the gauge. So, yeah. you know, if you change your merit measuring device, you may get different results. Now the results may be the same, but the observer is mentally taking in different results. And I, I, I wanted to make sure my observations were more along the lines of what, uh, what I was using before. And I still maintain, I actually, I do know that the, the, the temperature sensor, uh, that I have in there now is reads a little higher than the stock one did. Oh, really? I didn't know that. Yes. And, uh, I thought it may have been because I, I went with a third party vendor, uh, on the one I had in there prior. And, uh, so I went uh, back with a, uh, a Chrysler, jeep chrysler part and it does exactly the same thing so so either the the one from the factory something has changed from 98 whenever they were making that part and what they're making now or more than likely it just always read low there was some little issue with it and it always read low so and when i say high low it's maybe five degrees off well it's not too terribly bad as long as you know what's going on yeah but i mean 220 instead of 215 yeah so you know or or uh, uh, two thirty instead of two twenty five. Well, from what I understand, that that two thirty mark is kind of the threshold. Um, that's at, at the point of which you, for an extended period of time, if you're at that temperature, may risk some damage to the head. 
Uh, and, and that's what I've, that's what I've read. Um, you know, I, and I could be misinformed. 230 certainly is the, the point at which you can quickly see it do the, the Zener knee of the diode where it goes from being 230 to, uh, oh my God, that's the surface of the sun. Cause the needle just goes bing and, and swings over there rapidly. I hate that. That just pisses me off. And that's one of the reasons why I've gotten to the point where I just don't want to see that needle pass 210 because at any, at any point, it, once it hits that, that first notch past uh, the 210, uh, at any point, you could see it just swing over there into the red. The XJ Talk Show is now available on iTunes. Subscribe and leave a review. Also, be sure to give us a five-star rating. Hey, guys, this is Andy from IronMan4x45.com, also known as Iron Man Andy, and you're listening to the XJ Talk Show. Hi, this is Josh, Northwest 99XJ from Electrical and Audio Tips, and you're listening to the XJ Talk Show. We welcome and look forward to your questions and comments. Dial 530-675-4102 and leave your message on our 24 by 7 voicemail. So uh, tonight we are going to have uh, an interview with uh, Nate. You know him and love him as Paddle Trucker on xjtalk.com. And uh, we even talk about uh, his name and some of the, the some of the stuff I read in chat about his uh, how people like uh, his paddle trucker name, but got the wrong idea uh, that it may be uh, <laughs> something involving spanking. <laughs> yes. So uh, we actually cover that in the interview. Nate was a, a great sport for coming on and, uh, and and very brave, I may might add, because even though this happened a while back, uh, he was literally chased at the in the wee hours of the morning him him and his two friends uh they were out hunting in the woods in a uh well it was uh, i'll just say it was uh, the area 51 of oklahoma and he was uh, he and his friends were chased by uh, uh two black helicopters and they actually uh stopped them and uh and spoke to them so oh, i can't wait to hear this story <laughs> it's uh it's a bit intense so if you, uh, if you have some depends, I would put them on before the interview. If you don't certainly, uh, get the cushion that your wife uh, always bitches at you about sitting on cause she doesn't want to get it dirty. So you can soil it real good for her. <laughs> yeah, folks, before we get too, uh, too deep into this, I, I want to let you know, Tony's done, um, just an absolute amazing job over the last, um, several months of uh, procuring interviews and stuff like that with, uh, with different people of the industry. Um, we've worked on some celebrity interviews and stuff like that as well. And, uh, and I mean, Tony does a lot of work to bring these interviews and it's not all about whether or not you work for this company or that we're interested in the story, the grassroots. If you've got an interesting story to tell about your Jeep, uh, about maybe a Jeep that you used to have or something like that, or, uh, you know, a story about your build or something, we'd love to hear it. And, uh, and so we're open to interviews from just your average everyday people like, well, Tony interviewed me back in the day and Paddle Trucker. And we've had some other people, some other members from xjtalk.com. And we will have more members from xjtalk.com that we'll be interviewing later on. Um, so if you've got something you might think we want to hear, by all means, please let us know. We would love to have you on the show. Yeah, the show is all about you guys. So uh, just like uh, Josh uh, so elo- eloquently put. We need to to hear from you for, from you guys. Be part of the show, whether it's a being a reporter or, or being interviewed. Um, 
hell, maybe you maybe you'll be a reporter, and we'll have you do an interview about your your experience of being a reporter. <laughs> I mean, you know, it's 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 what what is interesting, uh, and you know, if you think that you're going to, uh, I can't talk, uh, I say um too much, I I have a, a, a strange accent. You know, it's something we all go through. We all worry about this stuff, and uh, you will be surprised about how well accepted you are. Uh, because I, I know, Josh, I think you do it. I do it all the time. I hate my ums. Uh, oh, yeah. I listen, I, I hear my accent. I don't like hearing the accent, but, uh, you know. I catch myself frequently, and, and I'll, I'll even joke around sometime Monday or Tuesday after the show is released, and, and uh, you know, I listen to it, and I'll, I'll post up and chat. And be just like, hey, guys, if you want to have a good drinking game, take a shot every time you hear me say, um, you'll have poisoning by the end of the show. I guarantee it, you know? <laughs> yeah, I mean, so base, bottom line is we all do it. Uh, I'm sure, Josh, you probably do it too. When you're looking in the mirror, you think you're fat, and, you know, you're really just anorexic, so... You got the the small body, you know, the, the screwed up body image. <laughs> the, the, the body dys, dysmorphia or, oh, geez, I forgot now. Oh, but. man, uh, don't hurt yourself. That's, I don't even know that one. Oh, yeah. Bottom line, folks, is uh, it doesn't really matter. And if nothing else, we have the magic of editing. So I've even uh, gone in and, and done that myself um, on some stuff, taken out this or that or a stutter or, a, you know, a couple ums too many and, and uh, hey, if you got a sneeze in there, that can all be taken out in post. And actually used in other things. I mean, it's like that time I recorded uh, Go to the Bathroom, and I've used it in one of the promos. <laughs> so whoever got uh, that digital flash voice recorder we talked about earlier, hope you have a lot of fun with that, and we hope to hear something from that soon. Yeah, and don't forget, uh, I think it's Tape A Talk, not to be confused with Tap A Talk. Oh, boy, that is one confusing thing. Oh. But, yeah. but, but tape a talk is a, uh, Android application. They may have it for the iPhone too, but, uh, it is a free app that you can put on your smartphone and record, um, digital audio, uh, in wave format. Wave is uh, non-compressed. So it gives you the highest audio quality. And on my uh, galaxy S two, it does quite well. Uh, so, uh, there's really no excuse, absolutely no excuse, uh, for not being on the show. Girls, absolutely welcome. Men, definitely welcome. You know, be a reporter. Uh, and like I said before, reporter at xjtalk.com, and uh, we'll help walk you through it. So anyway, we have the interview with with Nate, Paddle Trucker from xjtalk.com, and uh, we have a uh, electrical and audio tip uh, from Josh. And Josh, what's that going to be about? Well, uh, we're getting to the season where we're going to be driving our Jeeps a lot more uh, for those of us who aren't daily driving our Jeeps. Uh, and with those of us that have mud terrain tires and and, uh, and have some freeway distances that we put on, put on the miles, you guys know that there is a lot of road noise and a lot of noise that comes into the Jeeps. Well, we're going to talk briefly about sound deadening and how to knock down some of those noises that we're hearing as we drive down the road. Excellent. Looking forward to, to hearing that or perhaps not hearing it. Yeah. <laughs> I'm so clever. <laughs> hey, you. Yeah, you. The one just sitting there listening to the XJ Talk Show. Why aren't you a part of it? What? Tell me more, you say? 
Well, it's pretty simple. You can become an XJ Talk Show reporter. All you need is a smartphone and the ability to talk to people. Just email reporter at xjtalk.com for more information. How would you like to be a guest on the XJ Talk Show? Do you have an interesting story about your Jeep? Maybe an off-road adventure? Perhaps you're a vendor and want to get the word out about your great products. Send us an email to interviews at xjtalk.com or call and leave a voice or text message at 530-675-4102. 530-675-4102. We look forward to hearing from you. Electrical and audio tips. Hey guys, thanks for checking out another edition of Electrical and Audio Tips. Today we're going to talk about something we haven't really covered before in the past. That's called sound deadening. For those of us in the Cherokees, well, you know, the XJ is certainly not one of the most quiet rides on the market. It's older technology, and if you got a lift, bigger tires, well, those mud trains are certainly going to howl going down the road. Let's not even get to that 40 series muffler you got in the back. Between road noise, tire noise, and traffic noise, and everything else that goes on in our environment, the Cherokee is certainly not what we'd call, well, Mercedes quiet. But there are a few things that we can do to improve the sound quality inside of our Jeep. Oh sure, you can go ahead and crank up the tunes and drown everything else out. That's certainly an option. Heck, I've even done it a few times. But the ultimate solution is improving the sound deadening qualities of the vehicle itself. Now what is sound? Well, without getting all sciencey and techy and stuff on you too much, sound is basically audio waves. These audio waves are comprised of frequencies. Different frequencies have different resonances. Think of something along the lines of like an opera singer in a closed room and a crystal wine glass on a table. I'm sure you've seen the videos or heard about the stories about somebody being able to break glass with their voice. Well, this is all about sound waves and what's called resonant frequency. And it's the frequency at which something resonates naturally. Now, everything is comprised of frequencies. Believe it or not, sound makes up everything. Even the windshield on your Jeep has a resonant frequency. Oh sure, it would take an awfully big opera singer to go ahead and break that glass. But it can be done. That glass is going to naturally vibrate and naturally resonate at a very specific frequency. Now that applies across the board to virtually everything. From the windshield in the Jeep to the doors, heck even the seats. Yeah, that's right. Even foam is going to start to resonate at a certain frequency. Sure, it's going to be above or below our audible range of hearing. The human ear can only hear from 20 hertz to about 20,000 kilohertz. That's very low to very high frequencies. Most of the music that we listen to falls within that range. And most of the sounds that we hear in our everyday environment fall into this range as well. Yes, nature and the world is comprised of a lot of audible sounds that we can't hear. Radio frequencies are in that sort of range. CB frequencies, ham radio, cell phone communications, broadcast frequencies, all that stuff falls outside of the range of frequencies that we're able to pick up with our ear. But our Jeep, however, well, that's like a big, huge antenna for all the noise that's out there. Add to that things like road noise and tire noise, well, it gets kind of noisy in our Jeeps going down the freeway or just driving in traffic. There's a way to knock that down, and that's called sound deadening treatment. Now, to treat an entire vehicle, well, it can get a little expensive, but we're going to go ahead and go over some of your options and some tips and tricks and maybe even a few alternatives so you guys can go ahead and make your own decision on whether or not you want to quiet your Jeep down and how to do it. Alright, so let's quickly talk about what sound deadening is. To give you an analogy and kind of help you understand what's going on, I know these terms like frequencies and resonant frequencies and stuff like that, are, you know, they get kind of confusing sometimes. 
So think of a cymbal. You know, the kind of cymbal that you find in a drum kit. When that cymbal is hit with a drumstick, it makes a certain sound. And that sound will last for a little while as the cymbal resonates and as it vibrates. Now think about hitting that cymbal with a drumstick and then all of a sudden clamping that cymbal with your finger. That cymbal is going to quiet down. It's going to stop making that noise as soon as your finger touches it. Another example would be something like a tuning fork. You know, that little metal slingshot looking shape thingy that you bang on the table and it, it rings at a certain sound. As soon as you want to make that stop, what do you do? You grab it with your hand. It stops the vibration. It stops that frequency from happening. Well, we can do the same thing to our vehicles. All the panels and materials that comprise of our Jeeps all have their own resonant frequency, and they all combine to have their own resonant frequencies. And these are found oftentimes just driving down the road. So in order to make that sound, that frequency, that, that resonation stop, we need to put our hand on the cymbal. We need to put our hand around that tuning fork. We need to add sound deadening to our Jeep. Well, this is done by a number of ways. Since we can't drive down the freeway with our hand on every panel and spot in the Jeep that's making some noise, we need to go ahead and put something on it that's going to act like our hand. These different products, these different materials, what they do is they add density and thickness to the overall panel or spot or area that is generally susceptible to noise. Now, these areas comprise of, well, your floorboard, your firewall, the door panels, etc., even the roof. By doing so, what we're doing is essentially acting like putting a hand on a cymbal. Think about how a drum or a cymbal is going to sound if you are sandwiching it between your hands. Well, it's not going to make a lot of noise. It's going to make a dull thud, if anything. Well, that's what we're trying to do. We're trying to knock down that noise to as little of a frequency as possible, allowing as little noise to pass through that as possible. That's kind of like almost even putting your hands over your ears. Without it, you might be able to hear a conversation in the next room. But if you got your hands over your ears, well, you're not going to hear a whole lot. Well, it's the same thing. Now, some of the other stuff that some of the sound deadening material will do is also heat dissipation. Now, if you live in sunnier, warmer climates, well, you know that Jeep can get awfully hot sitting out in the parking lot for a few hours. A lot of the materials and the products out there that do sound deadening also provide a lot of heat resistance. Now, it's not across the board, and it's not with every material, and it's certainly not with every type of sound deadening material out there. But it is a fringe benefit of some of the ones that are out there, and even some products advertise as it being one of their selling points. This product not only will sound deaden your vehicle, but also protect you against heat, yada yada. Alright, let's talk briefly about what kind of types of sound deadening materials there are out there. The most commonly found and most commonly used are the flat panel style. It's basically usually comes in about square foot or maybe even 15 inch square pads. And these pads can be cut and molded to shape whatever you want. They're pliable, they're flexible, and they're easy to work with. They usually have at least one side that is a self-adhesive. And it's kind of like peeling a sticker. You peel off the backing and you put the sticker in place. The sticker just happens to deaden the sound coming through your vehicle. These come in rolls, they come in sheets, they come in squares, they come in boxes, they come in all shapes and sizes. They even come as kits sometimes. One of the more newer kids on the block is going to be the spray-on or roll-on style. In the last decade or so, we've been seeing a lot of mainstream applications as far as like bedliner and stuff like that. Usually, this was only a dealership or a very specialty shop applied product. Nowadays, you can go down to your parts store or even your local hardware store and pick up a can. They'll give you a very similar results. Sound deadening products are no exception. They now come in cans and rattle cans, spray cans, and even five-gallon buckets. Some are ready to apply right out of the can. Some are a little bit more tricky. They require mixing, usually a two-part substance where you've got a catalyst or some kind of an activator that makes it so the material is either quickly hardened or cured. Now, the spray-on stuff is pretty cool. Technology that goes into this stuff is a lot more advanced than the matte style. 
but it can also be a lot more tricky and, well, certainly a lot more messy. If any of you guys are fans of the Power Block TV series, you'll have seen them being used on some of the shows there. Lizard Skin is one of the brands of products that they have featured on there frequently. Lizard Skin is also one of those products that advertise as doing more than just one thing. Sure, they have sound editing properties, but it also helps in knocking down some of the heat transferred through the firewall or from the sun coming through the exterior. Okay, so how do we get this stuff from the packaging to the car? Yes, I know. You put it under your arm and you walk out the store with it. No, that's not what I'm talking about. I'm talking about the application process. Now, some of the stuff kind of falls into the common sense range and kind of goes without saying in some areas. Obviously, the stick-on stuff is, well, stick-on. And the spray-on stuff is, you guessed it, spray-on. You spray it on. <laughs> not too much to it, right? Well, there's a lot that goes into the prep work. In order to make this stuff work properly, there's a few things you got to take into consideration when doing something like this. The first thing is first. You want to get down to the actual surface that you're going to be applying this stuff to. Well, that means you're going to end up gutting the interior. The seat's got to come out. That's right, all of them. The carpet's got to come out. Yep, all of it. And all of those panels inside, too. If you're going to take this kind of project on, I highly recommend you go all out. It might take a little while longer, but trust me, it's going to turn your Jeep into a Mercedes. Well, at least as far as the sound quality goes. I can't do nothing as far as the mud stains on the carpet for you. Once you've got all the interior carpet panels and interior panels out, that means the door panels too, it's time to get to work. you got to clean the surface. Prep is everything. Think about this. You wouldn't want to put a brand new paint job right over your Jeep right after taking it to your local off-road park. Well, the same thing applies to this stuff, especially the spray-on or the roll-on stuff. You don't want to apply it to a dirty surface. It's not going to stick. It's going to end up flaking off or chipping or peeling off eventually. Prep is key when it comes to applying anything to a surface where it has to adhere, stick, or bond. Clean, 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 clean. I can't stress it enough. you got to clean the surface. Get in there with some simple green, at least some hot soapy water if nothing else. Rinse it off really good. You don't want any kind of residue left on it. Grab some Scotch-Brite, like some red Scotch-Brite. Steel wool will work. Even a wire brush if you want to. And rough up the surface a little bit. This is going to help with adhesion can essentially increase the surface area and allow the adhesion properties of either the stick-on mat, the sticky stuff on the back, or the actual spray-on stuff to really grab onto that surface. When working with the mats, here's a tip. Let it sit out in the sun for a little while. This is going to heat it up. If you're trying to do this during the wintertime, or in a cool garage, or in the shade, or an air-conditioned shop if you're so lucky, heat it up with a heat gun. A hairdryer will even work. A warmer surface to work on is also going to help as well as far as adhesion goes and really speed up the process. The softer you can make those mats, the easier they are going to be to apply to all the nooks and crannies and bends and folds and all the surfaces that comprise our Jeep. Let's talk about some of the key areas real quick. Where do you want to apply this? Well, the ultimate solution is going to be to wrap the entire interior of the vehicle in this. The mats do not work very well applied to uh, the surfaces above your head like the underside of your hood or the roof of the vehicle. For those areas, you want to make sure you get something that's specifically meant for overhead areas. The best thing to do would be to save the mats for the floors and the vertical panels and to use something like the roll-on or the spray-on for the stuff that's overhead, like the underside of the hood and your roof. Now, if you're not able to do the entire vehicle, well, let's go ahead and focus on some of those key areas. Now, the areas to stay away from, in this case, are going to be directly underneath the seat. You're not going to hear as much sound traveling through the seat and through your lap, through the rest of your body and into your ears. And there's a lot of sound editing material between that floor and your ears directly beneath you. Now, the trouble areas are going to be the floorboards, right about where your feet are, the footwells, the firewall, and the door panels. The rear gate is definitely going to be one area that you're going to focus on and pretty much the entire cargo area. 
If you focus on just those key areas, you're going to find a massive reduction in the amount of sound coming through the vehicle. Now, things like tire noise and exhaust drone, there's only so much we can do. The decibel level, the sound pressure level of those kinds of frequencies are just going to cut through virtually anything, no matter how much we do. But using some of these materials is going to knock it down quite a bit. Now, let's say you don't have a fancy budget to work with. There are some alternatives out there. When I mentioned the cargo area, I kind of put an emphasis on it. The rear of our Jeeps, the Cherokees, are a massive sound chamber. It's like a big echo box. Besides the big glass panels, we got a lot of hollow areas that act as resonant chambers, amplifying the kind of road noise and the sound that comes through the vehicle. If you're on a really tight budget and you want a little bit of sound deadening, there's a way that you can get it by filling up some of the excess voids and empty areas inside the Jeep that can otherwise act as an amplifier for all this noise. The best material to use in this case is what's called closed cell poly expansion foam. Now you're not going to find that on the label at your local hardware store. What I'm talking about here is called expanding foam. The stuff you get in a can, you shake it up really good, you spray it, and it's just and it starts expanding out and filling up all this stuff. It usually gets to be about three, four, maybe even as much as ten times its size. Fills up all the cavities and turns into a nice hard foam. If you take off all the interior panels in your cargo area, you're going to find a lot of hollow areas that can be filled up with this stuff. Move the wires in and around so you're not going to go ahead and mess with those. Cleaning here is not really essential because we're not worried about adhesion. This stuff is going to go ahead and fill up the cavities and all those voids and empty spaces by itself and it ain't going anywhere after that. Now I gotta caution you guys, this is a one-time thing. There's no going back after doing this. Well, you probably could, but I'm going to stress that the amount of elbow grease that's going to be involved in cleaning up a mistake or going back from doing this is going to be something you do not want to tackle. It's messy, it's going to take a long time, and the stuff never really ever totally comes out or off, but it does work. Other areas you can apply this stuff to would be the A-pillars. The pillars are the vertical points on the Jeep. The A-pillars are where the windshield meets the door frame. The B pillars are right behind the driver's seat, that vertical support there. On the four doors, we have a C pillar, which is right behind the rear, the rear doors, and a D pillar. In the two doors, the C pillar is going to be the rear, right where the gate is. These areas are generally hollow and can be filled with this exp expanding foam. Getting some of that foam in there is going to help out knock down some of that noise. Now, where do you get this kind of stuff? Well, the closed cell poly expansion foam, the expanding foam stuff, that can be found just about anywhere. Home Depot, Lowe's, you can find it just about any hardware store. Shop around for the best price, but usually they're right around anywhere from 5 to about 8 bucks, depending. And one can will probably do, well, just about the whole vehicle. Two cans will definitely take care of everything. Remember, a little of this stuff does go a long way. As far as the other stuff goes, the mat and the spray-on stuff, well, there's a whole bunch of brands out there. We briefly talked about one that's been featured on the PowerBlock TV series called Lizard Skin. Go to lizardskin.com and click on the distributor's link to find a retailer near you. Now, one of the other more common materials and brands out there that's also celebrity endorsed is called Dynamat. Chip Foose represents this brand now. Dynamat's been around for a long, long time. They know what they're doing and their stuff does work. They have various levels of materials. The very entry-level stuff is, well, it's entry-level. It's not going to work quite as well as their upper-line stuff. Now, the entry-level stuff is basically like an isobutyl sticker. It's basically just a rubber pad with a sticky face on it. And it works well enough for some of the lower noise areas like underneath the seats. Now their higher end stuff actually comes with an impregnated lead membrane in the middle of it. Yeah, this stuff is heavy, but it does do the job and quite well, I might add. 
a little bit harder to work with, but like I said, a little bit of a tip, get it hot, get it warm, and it'll mold up really nice. There's other stuff called like Coolit and GMAT and all kinds of other stuff out there. What I'd recommend is going maybe to your local car audio shop, maybe even your local auto supply store, and checking out some of the brands that they offer. But I'm going to tell you, you're going to end up paying retail prices. Your best bet, honestly, is to go shopping online. Amazon.com has a huge selection of this stuff. All of their Dynamat stuff is virtually about 50% of what retail costs are. If you're in the market for this kind of stuff and you're ready to tackle this kind of a project, you're just tired of the noise in your Jeep. Well, you can do it. On a scale of 1 to 10, 1 being super easy and 10 being, well, something you do not want to try, I'd rate this kind of a project at about an even 4. Now, I highly suggest you do a little bit of research and look around at some of the available products and some of their features and what they can do for you. If you got a question about your particular application and want to learn more or need some help as far as where to go or what to do, feel free to send me a private message. You can find me on xjtalk.com. My username is nw99xj. I'll be happy to help you out. Well, guys, happy hunting. I hope this has helped you guys out and been a little bit educational and opened your eyes to the process and the world of sound deadening and lets you know that you can enjoy a lot quieter of a ride. Well, that's it for now, guys. Hope you've enjoyed. Thanks for listening, and I'll catch you next time. The electrical and audio tip segment is intended for entertainment purposes only and is not to be used as professional advice or as instructional guidance. Any attempts to use information provided in this segment are done at your own risk. Electrical and audio system repair, troubleshooting, installation, or maintenance is best left to trained and certified professionals. XJTalk.com. It's where you go when you're not off-road. Hey guys, tonight we have Nate, you know him as Paddle Trucker on xjtalk.com, and uh, he's here with us to, to share an interesting off-road story with us tonight. Hey Nate, thanks for joining us. Thanks for having me, Tony. Now, uh, like, I've, uh, like I've always said on these interviews, I like to get a little bit about uh, the person. Now, obviously, um, you're a member uh, on xjtalk.com, and people uh, may already know some things about you from your posts there, but... We may actually have people that only listen to the podcast, so uh, take a few moments and just uh, give us a little background about yourself. Um, I'm just a backwoods truck driver, <laughs> live out in the sticks, grew up pretty much where I live now, and uh, I really enjoy messing with my Jeep. I don't get to do it as much as I'd like, uh, but I do enjoy the forums, and, and uh, it's a good way for me to go on there and look at pictures and learn about my Jeep and figure out what I, what, what I want to do with it in the future. Now, you're in Oklahoma, correct? Correct, northeast Oklahoma. And um, there's, uh, I can't remember, there's something interesting about your uh, the, the truck that you drive. Is, is It's an older truck, right? And has a, a, lot, a lot of miles on it or something? Right. Um, it's a 96. Um, it's got just under two minutes. 2 million miles on it. Um, I went to uh, 1.8 million on the on the original engine, which is a lot. Usually you rebuild them oh, a little after a million, maybe go as much as a million and a half, but a million eight, that's a lot. Um, I drive an older truck because I don't like all the emissions. The, the newer emissions engines are not as efficient. Um, all the computers, and uh, I can... I can work on mine for the most part myself. As long as I don't have to get inside the engine, I can do pretty much everything in the yard. And uh, and also, a new truck costs $130,000, $140,000 and comes with a nice big $3,000 a month payment. 
I don't have that. <laughs> that makes it easier to make ends meet, I suppose. Uh, well, there's no such thing as a rich truck driver to start with. Um, so anything I could do to scrape up a few pennies is what I did. Well, that's great. And uh, you're really in the same area that you were born and raised at, uh, correct? Well, I, I was born in Texas, native Texan. One of these days I do have plans to go back and, and uh, live in the eastern part of Texas in the Piney Woods. That's, I own a little property there, and that's where I want to go eventually. But, yeah, I moved, moved into northeast Oklahoma, um, about a half hour east of Tulsa, gosh, when I was 14 years old or so. And uh, I'm about to turn 40. I've been there ever since. And, um Moved a quarter mile south of where I, pretty much where I grew up, so um, got a lot of a lot of years right in the same area. And and uh, from your post, I, I see that you're uh, a uh, uh, well, I want to say avid fisherman, but you enjoy fishing. Right, uh, my hobbies are are fishing and flying airplanes, and and right now the with the way the fuel prices are, uh, fishing is a lot cheaper. So oh, I yeah. do more fishing than flying. Now, just think if you could could uh, could combine those two things. I guess it'd have to be with a helicopter. <laughs> no, I, believe it or not, I have this plan. See, all I need is a float plane with pontoons on it. Of course, and I, can tie, I can tie my kayak underneath of it and fly around wherever I want to fish, and 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 that would be ideal. But so far, I haven't found a, a sponsor that will that's willing to fund my <laughs> my adventures. The the fish just aren't worth that much uh, <laughs> to fund a, a two hundred thousand uh, dollar plane. <laughs> right, right. Well, uh, speaking of helicopters, uh, not really uh, uh, pontoon planes, but speaking of helicopters, you had a uh, an interesting story uh, that you shared with us on xjtalk.com, and I had requested that you join us here and uh, and share it with our uh, our podcast audience. Um, what t- about what? When did this uh, take place? About what year? Oh gosh, I'm gonna say around ninety. Okay. Well, go ahead. Um, I was, go ahead. I was, tell uh, us about it. Okay. Well, I was a junior in high school, so seventeen years old, about in there. My brother just younger than I was, and there is an uh, abandoned uh, what what was intended to be a nuclear power plant, and you can Google it. It's called Black Fox Nuclear Plant, and it was it's just a couple miles south of where I live, and it's about four square miles, maybe a little more, and as far as they ever got with the construction was putting in a series of roads and a series of pads, uh, all concrete with, there's a cooling uh, pond in there, and, and but then it was defeated and it was pretty much abandoned. The whole thing was fenced off, and this was in the early 70s. And so it is, it's been sitting there for a very long time, just abandoned, uh, nothing there except for a, a, a system of roads. And of course, growing up, you've got this, well, we all always were told it was owned by the government. It's actually not, but growing up we thought it was. It's all fenced off with this 10 foot tall chain link fence with barbed wire around it. And, and, and in grade school, you know, wild stories abound about the, the government projects and and things that go on in there. And Air National Guard uses it for a practice area for their helicopters. And 
And uh, so it, it's kind of like our, our own little Area 51 for uh, Redneck, Oklahoma. And uh, one night, my brother and I, I and a friend were, were coon hunting in there, and we had permission to be there um, from a, a gentleman that had at least run cattle on. And we were in my brother's truck, an old uh, four-wheel drive, three-quarter ton truck that my brother saved up and paid for before he got his license. And we were coon hunting at about 3 o'clock in the morning, and, and everything was pretty pretty dead. And we were waiting in the bottom of a gully. We thought our dogs might come through there and strike and tree. They never did. Well, all at once, we heard them tree probably two miles from where we were. So we had the four-wheel back up to the road, which we did. And one, our, our buddy was in the back, and he would stand up and shine his light around try to find our dogs. But they were a long ways off, so. We got on this road, and we just started hauling butt, trying to make it to our dogs. And we had heard helicopters flying around, uh, which, like I said, that was no—that was not anything out of the ordinary. They always did it. But as we're driving along on this road, and my, my little brother was driving, and he was running about 55 or 60 miles an hour, and our buddy in the back sticks his head through the little sliding back window, you know, and he says, there's a helicopter chasing us. <laughs> and I looked up. That's something you always sure like enough, to hear. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Well, there was a helicopter up there, but I shrugged it off. I said, it's not chasing us. He's just flying around. <laughs> well, it wasn't very long. This thing was treetop level, maybe 300 feet behind us. I mean, it was obviously chasing us at, at this point. Well, of course, when you hear the stories you hear about this place, you know, we don't know if our, our, maybe we weren't supposed to be in there after all. You know, are we in, in some serious trouble? What do these guys want? And and my brother got scared, and, and he floored it. He's going to try to outrun this UA-60 Blackhawk helicopter, which is not going to happen in a 76 Chevrolet three-quarter ton pickup. Well, they just they just kept kept on us and kept on us, and all at once they they banked really hard to the left and pulled behind the side of us on our left side, just above the weeds. And we can see guys in there, they're waving flashlights and and, and doing things, you know, trying to get our attention. We, we couldn't really tell what they were doing. And that just made my brother go faster. And <laughs> and we're all screaming. And I mean, it was really like something out of a movie. We're, you know, it, it was, like I said, the, the seat was irreparable. And, um, it wasn't very long. Um, this helicopter did, it, it kind of, it got out a little bit wide, banked really hard to the right, and it went across the road in front of us. And as it did, it swung its tail around, so we were kind of like nose to nose. And it and it just pulled into a hover on the right side of the road. Of course, we had to we had to get in, get in the brakes and stop. And at that same moment, I guess because there was a helicopter off to our left, we didn't notice the one that was sitting on the road in front of us. So we had to stop with this, uh, this second Blackhawk helicopter um, in the headlights. And now here's the first one. It's hovering to the right of us off the road. And uh, my brother was crying. 
Um, my legs were shaking. My buddy in the back, he was laying down in the bed of the truck like he was going to hide or something. <laughs> and all at once, these guys on the second Black Hawk helicopter, they're waving their arms and stuff to get us to stop. They start running up our truck, about four of them. And at this point, we're pretty well freaked out. I mean, it's whatever's wrong is bad wrong. So they come running up, and the first guy makes it. And we're, you know, uh, we have law enforcement in the family, so we know enough to keep your hands where everybody can see them and be cool, you know. Right. And uh, the the first guys make it to our windows, and, they, and they're scared to death like we were. They said, "Oh, you you guys, you scared the you scared the crap out of us." And we're <laughs> we're like, uh, "What? <laughs> oh, you you scared the crap out of us." Well, what had happened, uh, those were the two helicopters we had heard flying around that night while we were hunting, and uh, they were doing some kind of a training maneuver at night. Well, the one, something happened. He had lost all electrical power, and his engine was run, His engines were running, but, but he had to set it down, and they knew the area really well. Um, and if you were to if you were to pull that up on Google Black Fox Nuclear Plant, you could see. I mean, it, it'd be a great place for an aviation emergency. I think you'd probably land anything there. And uh, set they set the helicopter down, but it was totally in the dark. And uh, the other helicopter had been circling above that one, and they were marking the spot. They were waiting for a third helicopter to show up with a mechanic and some parts, and they thought they could fix it and fly it out of there. But they hadn't planned on three rednecks in a wore-out old Chevrolet four-wheel drive truck come screaming up this road right at their helicopter. I, I would, I'd be afraid to know what that thing cost. But, but they were, they were convinced that we were going to go screaming up and just run right into the side of this thing. So the first helicopter was simply trying to get our attention so that we could slow down and stop and not run over their buddies in, in the other helicopter. Yeah, and it, but, it would have been clear to me that they they only wanted you to stop so they could use you for military experiments. Well, you know, <laughs> our, I think I don't know what my brother thought. My thought was, we're not supposed to be here. We're in very serious trouble. Yes, uh, you know, but you hear all kinds of stuff, and and we didn't know. We just knew that, you know. It's an unusual event to be chased at the top, you know, weed, uh, just over the weeds by a Black Hawk helicopter. Um, it, it was uh, it was definitely unnerving for for a group of kids who were in the woods at night. And it, it, it was like what well, was like three o'clock in the morning too, wasn't it? Right. We had been we had we we'd, we'd uh, turned our dogs out at about midnight and. It was a little after three, and they hadn't done anything so far. But we were pretty bored. So when they, when we heard them strike and tree at about three o'clock, uh, we were really excited. But they were a long ways away. Like I said, we still had to four, use four wheel drive to get back out of this gully and up onto the road. And then once on the road, we, you know, we were trying to get to them as quickly as we could. And we knew that we knew that place pretty well. We hunted it quite a bit, a few times a month. And um, we knew that there there shouldn't be anybody in there besides us, and that the little road system was all to our all of all to ourselves, or at least so we thought. 
uh, until the uh, military aviation got involved with us. <laughs> so, so, so did they have anything anything additional to say? Did they hang around, or did they let you guys go, or uh, what no, happened no, after no. after they spoke with you? Um, we uh, we talked to him for just a little bit. He told us what was they they told us what was wrong with the helicopter and. And uh, I I can't remember what it was. Yeah, no, I, I don't imagine you'd be processing information very good, being that uh, that uh, anxious about what was going on. <laughs> I, I was at that point. I was extraordinarily glad <laughs> that I did not have to throw away underpants. I'm gonna live. <laughs> so, but we, of course, now now we're also after after a few minutes of this, we're also still worried about the seven dogs we have turned out. Sure. Uh, back back then we had. We had quite a bit of money tied up in these coon hounds, so we we left them. Um, they didn't stop us, or I mean, they didn't have any reason to question anything we were doing. They just didn't want us to crash our seventy six thousand dollar truck <laughs> into this multi million dollar helicopter that's sitting there. That's all they were interested in. Yeah, that's great. So this has to this has to be a great story to remind your brother and your friend that was trying to hide in the back of a pickup uh, years later. I mean, uh, <laughs> Oh yeah. There's when we get together, you know, we, I'll rip the one, I'll rip my buddy about hiding in the truck and, and my brother will start and we'll shut up. You were crying. And, and <laughs> but, uh, both of you shut up. And, uh, you were, you were white as a ghost and shaking like a leaf. And uh, that, without a doubt, um, we were all, extraordinarily scared uh, there's no question that that uh we were very very afraid <laughs> <laughs> oh that had to have been wonderful that's got to be a a memorable moment uh that will uh, probably last you a lifetime you know in the you know nowadays everybody's got the gopro cameras and i know when i fish a lot of my friends videotape themselves fishing and i even have videos on youtube of me fishing in my kayak and stuff uh, but then, you know, heck, we didn't even have cell phones, you know, no pagers even. I mean, it was, that was before all of that. But I would have sure given anything for some, one of us to be wearing one of those stupid helmet GoPro cans. Uh, <laughs> yeah, that, it, that would have been great. Had to have been a wonderful, wonderful sight. Now, was the, was it kind of, was it very dark out or was there a moon or, or do you recall? It, there wasn't much of a moon, but it was pretty bright. Um, uh, it, it was a pretty, it was a clear night, and it was pretty bright outside. Um, we probably, I don't think if if the one helicopter hadn't chased us, I think we would have seen the other one. I think the only reason the one that was on the ground just suddenly appeared in our headlights is because all of our attention was focused on this helicopter chasing us. Oh, of course. Um you know, had had they just been two helicopters on the ground, I'm sure we would have seen them. We'd have probably stopped. We would have probably dove off of the high, off of the roadway into the woods and hid like little girls until we figured out what they were doing. But um, instead, you know, we got to we got to experience that and act like little girls directly in front of the Air National Guardsmen. They were they were very very friendly. Um, they came up and you know, like I said, run up to the truck and. You know, oh, you scared us to death, and uh, but we all had a big laugh, and, and, <laughs> and it really—they were—they were really, I mean, honestly, just complete, just super friendly people, and uh, and they thought it was funny, 
they knew they had scared us to death. Uh, we we give them a little scare. So I'm sure uh, maybe they probably talk about it too nowadays. But yeah. I don't think I don't think they talk about it the same way my my brother and my <laughs> and I talk no. about it. No, no, I'm sure. Uh, but uh, the the thing, and, and I, I can imagine that the the guy flying the helicopter. Somebody in there said, we need to leave those guys alone because we're just going to scare them into the other helicopter. And the other one said, we can't take that chance. <laughs> and then about halfway into it, they all realized that they shouldn't have done that <laughs> because they were like guaranteeing that you were going to, they were going to chase you into well, the other helicopter. <laughs> when, when he banked, when he got out a little wide and banked back across in front of us, I mean, I think he knew at that point, you know, we, we have to stop them now. Yeah, yeah, that's what exactly what it sounded like to me. <laughs> but yeah, it was uh, it was tense. Probably it felt like they chased us uh, ten, twelve miles, uh, but the only the place is only two miles, two miles deep and two miles wide. Yep, so. <laughs> yep. Time uh, time got uh, stretched because of uh, well, it got compressed in your head, so it seemed like it was a lot longer. Yep. And I'm sure my brother was doing 240 miles an hour, but I, I don't know if a Chevrolet 350 under 410 gears would do that or not, but it sure felt like it. I know exactly what you mean. Okay, well, the most important part of this story, what happened with the dogs? Were you able to get to them? Were they okay? Oh, yeah, every, everything was fine. Um, they had had a, had a, had a coon treat, and, and we got to... We, we never... We hardly ever killed anything. We would... We'd let our dogs tree, and every once in a while we'd knock a coon out of the tree and let the dogs fight with it to kind of keep their interest up. But mostly we were uh, we would just gather them up and take them and turn them out somewhere else and hunt all night that way. And by that time, it was after we had met with the uh, Air National Guard, uh, went and found the dogs and got them. It was mm, pretty close to four o'clock, so we just uh, we had quite a story to tell. Mm-hmm. And, uh, so we, we went ahead and went home and, uh, well, you were out there to have some fun and, uh, well, fun, well, fun not, almost believe, had you. <laughs> believe it or not, that is not that it, that's probably the wildest thing hunting story I have, but there was also another time we were chased out of the woods by a lion, um, but it didn't have anything to do with four wheel drive. So I didn't include that. Was it a, I guess it was a mountain lion. Nope, it was a African lion with a big mane and everything. Uh, did you ever get a, any kind of? Did you ever get any explanation to that? Why there was a was that a, a, yeah, a, an we animal hunting. that somebody that somebody had an exotic animal that somebody had or? Yeah, there was, there's a guy uh, they call him Safari Joe, and he's got lions and tigers and stuff. And we were hunting on a buddy of mine's place, and he had uh, cougars, and had a, had to get a license from the state and had them in these cages and. And we were out in the woods hunting, and, and it, it's kind of a drawn-out story, too. But out of the woods where we were sitting on this log comes this, you know, this lion and gave this little growl. And uh, <laughs> let me tell you something. This fat boy looked like Emmett Smith. I was passing dogs getting back to the house. And um, when we got back to his house, um, there was a guy knocked on the door and said, I've, I've lost a lion. You know, I figure he might have come here because we... And we knew who he was. I mean, everybody around knows the Safari Joe guy. 
Yeah, but and, uh, you don't walk around telling everybody, have you seen my lion? I mean, you need to keep keep well, a, a wild this, animal in, this, under control. This particular guy has been chased out of a lot of places. He's had some problems. But when he went out there, he had this little pickup with this little trailer and the cage on it. And he went out there and called him, and he, the thing roared and walked up to him and was licking him on the face. And he just put it in the trailer like it was a big house cat or something. Oh, but, good God. Buddy, I was... I was running, and I was hurtling trees and bushes and running past dogs, and if you saw me, you would know how funny that is. And and you were also moving at the same 240 miles an hour that the, the truck had well, moved in, in earlier in, in your well, earlier conversation. No, because, no, because <laughs> see, there, you, you don't have to outrun the attacking animal. You just have to outrun your slowest friend. Exactly. <laughs> Trip. <laughs> At that point, their nickname is Trip. I understand. The same thing in a zombie apocalypse. <laughs> I, I love you like a brother, but every man for himself. That's right. <laughs> wow, that's an interesting area. I don't know if uh, East Texas is going to be able to comp- compete with that. Oh, I, I, uh, I have some property down on uh, Cedar Creek Lake in northeast Texas, uh, pretty close to uh, between Ma Bank, Texas, and Gun Barrel City. And uh, one of these days, I'm gonna, I'm gonna live there, and I'm not gonna do anything but fish all the time. <laughs> That's all I want to do. Well, hopefully the lions and the uh, the Blackhawk uh, helicopters will leave you alone. Well, as my my boring life, those are my those are my two two big stories that have happened to me. Uh, well, I have, I, I've done a lot of things, and I've never been chased by a helicopter. And I've never seen uh, a lion outside of the zoo, so you're you're already uh, two things up on me, uh, Nate. So, well, <laughs> maybe if if the weather will cooperate on me, I will get my jeep listed and uh, get get that get that all built up, and uh, maybe I can go go out in the go wheeling in the woods, and and maybe I can get myself into some more trouble. Hey, the the show would really appreciate that because uh, this this story this story was great. <laughs> you just got to make either either take a recorder with you so you can record the the record the interview you know the one side of it uh, in the woods, or make sure you make it back alive so that you can uh, come back and uh, and tell us about the the story. I would I would I would have killed to have that on video. Yeah, you know, of course. After I saw my own reaction, maybe I would maybe I would delete it and hide it and everything else. But, well, well, you just edit uh, edit your parts out and then leave the other uh, the other <laughs> stuff in with the other guys. That's, that's how you do it. There you go. There you go. Well, Nate, that's a great story. I really appreciate it. And uh, if you guys, like I said earlier, Nate is uh, on xjtalk.com, Paddle Trucker. And, uh, uh, oh, <laughs> let me let me just mention that. You uh, you said something about that the other night uh, in uh, during the live show and chat about your name and how popular uh, that name is, uh, uh, the paddle trucker. Oh, oh gosh. Yeah, I, I guess, you know, that I, I drive a truck for a living, and, and my hobby is kayak fishing, and, and I came up with that email address and that username to use on kayak fishing forums, and I just use it on all forums. And uh, uh, I... Several times I've had people ask me if I had some sort of a spanking fetish. <laughs> <laughs> and I, I, I never thought about anything like that when I chose that, that 
that name. And, you know, you're just trying to come up with something that, something that you can remember easily that no one else has. <laughs> yeah, that would uh, that would fit. I could just see you at the truck stop uh, telling some uh, some cutie there that, yeah, I'm paddle truckers. Well, honey, it's going to cost you extra. <laughs> well, no, we don't. <laughs> avoid those types of places and situations at all costs what's even funnier than that my wife my wife is in the, she's we ride horses and stuff too and i don't she does a lot more than i do anymore but um and her she's into fox hunting and so in the town we live in is called inola so her email address is inola fox hunter and mine is paddle trucker so those those pair of email addresses have got us all kinds got us into some interesting conversation i'm sure i'm sure that <laughs> those country folks and uh how they and their their ways that they have out there <laughs> right, right well well nate i i sure appreciate it great story and uh, uh i know that you're uh, you're driving tonight so be safe out there yep fixing to here in another 15 20 minutes i'm gonna head out and leave tulsa and go to kansas city missouri be back in the morning Oh, are you having to go through any still any wintry weather? I haven't been keeping up with. Uh, uh, it was uh, no, it was. It's been kind of cool up there at night, and we've been running last few nights. My brother and I have run through some storms, uh, but but no, I think the winter weather is uh, pretty well done. At least I hope it is. Yeah, I know. I've been reading a lot about uh, uh, various parts of the country. Can't believe that they're still getting snow and ice, uh, and I, I wasn't quite sure if it, if that was going to oh. affect you. My dad just got back. Uh, my dad took a load up into Canada, up up to uh, uh, it's called Red Deer, Alberta, and uh, he left out of Indiana and went up there. And he said all across North Dakota and Nebraska, he couldn't believe how much snow was was left. And he said, he said he he's afraid that when all that stuff melts, there's going to be a heck of a flood. Because he said he's, he he runs that quite a bit. And he said he's he's never seen that much snow still on the ground this late in the year yeah well i I made a joke with a local weatherman on uh on facebook today because he was talking about uh we had like the coldest temperature uh in in our area here for uh i can't remember he he posted it how long it had been quite some time it may have been a record low and uh my comment was yep it's that damn global warming um i mean uh uh, climate change yeah (laughs) well that's another interview i could do for about an hour because um, that's one of my that's one of my big uh, pet peeves is is uh, the global warming and climate change argument. Yeah, well, I, just to, just to be clear, I have no I have no doubt that there is climate change going on. the The doubt that I have is uh, how the, the it's being portrayed that uh, evil man is doing it. Uh, I'm sure that we have uh, a hand in things, but uh, the sun does a lot more uh, to our uh, whether than well, what we'll ever do. What I always want to know is when, who who decided that what what the perfect temperature was and and that it was supposed to be that way all the time. Well, I it's, mean, it's not. You can look at the ice core. Other patterns, you know. Yeah, you can go. You can look at the ice core patterns. Uh, I mean, they've looked at ice core patterns, and it's it's a cyclical thing. It goes up and down. Their argument is is that it's. Uh, it's changed more rapidly during the industrial revolution than it ever has in the past. Well, well, that's not true either. Well, it it, the, it it may be true, but I think that it doesn't necessarily have to do with the amount of carbon that we're putting into the air. Um, you know, 
it, you could go round and round, and and only time will tell. But uh, yeah, the climate's changing. But um, uh, well, being a ham radio operator, I know that the eleven-year sunspot cycle, we should be having uh, gangbuster conversations uh, on the uh, on the HF bands right now, and uh, we're not because the eleven-year uh, sunspot cycle, which is at its peak, I think it might be on the other side of the peak at this point. Uh, it it never really got very good, and that's all controlled. Uh, about the the solar radiation coming from the sun and affecting the ionosphere and the reflectivity of the ionosphere so that uh, you can make these radio contacts around the world. And it just hasn't happened. It hasn't been very good. So something is going on differently with the sun right now, and it's directly affecting the the earth. You need to, you know, I'm I'm a ham operator too, but I'm just a tech. I don't do HS stuff, but uh, two meters, uh, two meters has been that way. When I first got into ham radio, man, uh, we would have band openings just all the time and, and just talk completely across the country simplex. And, and, and now that just, that, that's a rarity for that to happen. Well, uh, two meters, I think you can get some, some ion, uh, ionospheric um, reflectivity, but it's mainly, uh, most of the time on two meters, it has to do with uh, air mass. Like one a cold a cold air mass over a warm air mass, and uh, it's really cool. It's very interesting how the different bands act uh, differently um, uh, on ham radio, and you, you just don't see that on CB because you're you're squinched into such a small uh, area of band, and it, it really only acts one way. Um, yeah. So yeah, ham radio is really cool. Uh, do you, do you have a two meter in the uh, in the truck? I, I run a. I run a dual band, a two meter, four forty band in the truck. Yeah. Do, do you ever hear anybody on four forty? <laughs> you know, not really. Um, <laughs> I when when I got it, um, boy, that, oh, you got to get you got to get a dual band radio. You got to get oh, a dual yeah. band radio. Oh, yeah. And so I went and paid the four hundred dollars for for the extra band, and 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 we have a repeater system that's linked all up. It goes from. Uh, Way up into Kansas, all the way down into northern Texas, and all. Oh, that's nice. Yeah. But but you know it's honestly kind of a pain because there's just so many people on it. If somebody does try to use it, but but they do have a net and a swap meet once a week, and that's kind of cool to listen to. But other than that, I I mean I I rarely use uh, I rarely use use 440. Yeah, I, In fact, I, I, I've got friends that I've got friends that have all mode radios and. And they run six and ten meter more than they run four forty in their trucks. Now I've heard six meters can be a lot of fun. <clears throat> I've only made a couple of conversations or a couple of uh, contacts on six meters uh, because it just doesn't seem like it's open that often. But uh, yeah, six meters and of course ten meters uh, is great because it acts a lot like the CB band, which is at eleven meters. Anyway, we're right. we're geeking out on radio and uh, we probably lost people at the four forty thing. I just. I just think it's I just think it's so funny because I was the same way. I needed to get that that 440 or that 70 centimeters so I could have that dual band radio, and never ever used it. The only time I used well, it was like getting somebody on two meters and going, "Hey, let's jump over to 440." Well, <laughs> and then I and then I, I would I, use it. I am glad that I bought that because I have a dual band dual receive radio, and I enjoy listening to the air bands and listening to the airplanes. 
So I keep I keep one side of the radio on two meter, and I keep the other side scanning the local aviation frequencies. Yeah. <laughs> That's how well, I use my dual band radio. I'll I'll tell you a little secret. Uh, at least here in the Houston area, some of the radio stations will use 440. The four not not the ham range, but you know these things can the ham radios can receive outside of just the the ham bands. They will use like 438 or something outside of the ham band to send their uh, signal uh, from their studio to wherever the transmitter is. So you really? can, yeah, you can actually pick up the, like I used to listen to an AM broadcast uh, show on my uh, uh, dual band uh, handy talkie and it was FM uh, on the, uh, the 438 or whatever it was. So I actually got better audio quality on the, the link that they were sending to the to the the transmitter than listening to the AM broadcast because you know the AM broadcast is so susceptible to noise and uh, electrical noise and lightning and everything else. So um, you may play you may play with that sometime while you're riding around. Huh, I didn't I didn't know that. All right, Nate. Well, let's wrap this this puppy up. Was there uh, anything that you want to pass along to the the guys? I know that you've been hanging out in the uh, the chat room lately during the live show, and I thought you might want to uh, give them a hello oh, or yeah, something. Oh yeah, I, I tell you, I I just uh, I've, I've modified my schedule, and I'm not doing anything on Sunday nights, and and uh, so I I've I've really had fun uh, listening to the live show and and in the chat room and. And uh, especially when the when the perverts get on Amazon and make you and Josh read things, um, <laughs> I, I'm not a big chat room person, so that was that. That's about the only place I really do that. But I don't think I'll ever forget that show. <laughs> that was a that was inter- interesting show, and I tried to give Josh a heads up to to get him on there and look at that stuff, so he could come up with uh, some. Uh, creative yet uh, family-friendly ways to describe the uh, items on Amazon that night. <laughs> and uh, But the chat that went along with that was, uh, I, I really need a new keyboard. Yeah, that's a lot of fun. The, being in the <laughs> chat room is a lot of fun. Yeah, it really is. All right. Uh, well, Nate. <clears throat> I, I, really, I really enjoy the site. I, I, I accidentally got into Jeeps um, when I got my Cherokee. I uh, I didn't know I was going to have the interest that I do now. And after being on all the other forums and trying to learn um, and getting flamed or scolded for not using Google or just all that stuff, I, I, I really love XJ Talk, and that's that's become my my pretty much my only uh, Jeep resource now, which is, which is fine because it's plenty. A lot of knowledge <laughs> there, and I appreciate it. Yep, it really is, and I appreciate the kind words. Well, Nate, thanks a lot for being with us, and uh, we really, we really are wrapping up this time, guys. This is okay. another one of those those uh, false wrap ups. <laughs> well, thanks a lot, Tony. Thank you, Nate. I know you've heard us talk about Amazon on the podcast before, but if you heard about our new game, you bought what? It's a lot of fun, and we want you guys to play along. All you have to do is go to xjtalk.com or xjtalkshow.com and click on the Amazon banner there on the main page. This takes you right to Amazon, where you can buy any crazy little thingamajig to join in on the fun. Amazon gives us a list every week of what you guys are buying, but we don't get to know who it is that's buying it. As an added bonus, you get the same great price you always would, and Amazon is going to give the show a small pittance for you playing along. So let's all have some fun. The XJ Talk Show and Amazon.com. 
another awesome interview. I'm really glad, uh, Paddle Trucker, you had, <laughs> had the kahunas to come out and tell the stories. Uh, really riveting, really cool stuff. And can't wait to have you on the show again uh, sometime in the near future for some more stories. Tony, thank you for doing that. And uh, I'll you know, thank myself for electrical and audio tips. How about that? Oh, I would. I mean, you put the, the work and effort into it. You should thank yourself. Pat yourself on the back, man. Yeah, I was just going to say a little pat on the back for me. And why not? <laughs> uh, you know, and it was a hell of a good a good show. You can pat lower. Uh, you can pat yourself oh. on the ass for that one. That's, you know, <laughs> you deserve it. <laughs> well, hey, guys, if you want a pat on the back and uh, you want to get in on the fun, please send us an email to newstips at xjtalk.com. If you got something to, to share in the This Week in Jeep segment uh, or if you've got something uh, for a Jeep tips um, or an electrical and audio tips uh, segment or a subject, send us a voicemail at 530-675-4102. Heck, you can even text that number if you're a little uh, shy on the voice. Yep, yep. And, uh, yeah, it was a lot of fun. Uh uh, talking to Nate. Um, I'm really glad that we were able to get together and, and do that interview. Uh, otherwise, we would have had a rerun interview this week. Now, uh, interestingly, interestingly enough, I don't like talking about these things till I actually have them uh, uh, on the recorder, but uh, we should be having a interview with ARB very soon, perhaps for next show. Uh, and uh, it, this is a, a new employee to ARB. I think he's a, he's a, he's a retread. But uh, he is not only a uh, ARB employee, he is a uh, Cherokee owner. And, oh, cool. and he built his Cherokee with all ARB stuff. Oh, my. That's going to be a pretty rig. Yep. I think it'll be interesting, too, hearing about the uh, the air lockers that uh, I want to ask him lots of questions about. Well, way cool. Hope to hear that very soon. Yeah, hopefully that'll be next show. But uh, it doesn't matter, damn it. You should be listening to every show and being ready to with popcorn uh uh does anybody mix the chocolate in with the popcorn where you have the sweet and the, the salty it's really not, good not here but tell, tell you what folks if you're listening on itunes or any other apple device please head over to itunes and give us a five-star rating and leave a review absolutely uh four star okay no five star like what he said <laughs> <laughs> all right folks for tony i'm josh we'll catch you next time later you already know about XJ Talk on Facebook, Twitter, and Google+. But did you know we're on YouTube as well? We have often on-road adventures, how-tos for fixing or augmenting your Jeep. Besides, man cannot live by sound alone, right? Come see what we got at youtube.com slash user slash XJ Talk. Don't forget to subscribe and make comments on our videos. The XJ Talk Show is now available on iTunes. Subscribe and leave a review. Also, be sure to give us a five-star rating.